Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Pete Hammond. And I'm Dominic Patton. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Today we're going to be discussing the campaigning for the Emmys. And yes, you want to put your knives back in your pocket. And what last year's winners tell us about this year's awards. Plus, you're going to hear some interviews we did from our annual Deadline Contenders Emmys event with the cast and the creators of the um, of stars as American Gods and Amazon Sneaky Pete. But first of all, Emmy campaigns. Yes, and there's a lot of that going on already now, Dominic. Everywhere you go, there are billboards all over town, which is incredible with the Emmy campaign. I think more than Oscar campaigning, I think there's more money behind it now, particularly with the Netflixes and the Amazons, which have very deep Let's pockets. Let's not leave out Hulu. And Hulu, and on and on. And these companies seem to uh, want to spend, spend, spend. So everywhere you go, you see this. There's all kinds of innovative things doing in addition to the elaborate boxed uh, screener sets that are now uh, being sent to... It's Christmas. 20,000 Academy members. You've got all kinds of uh, unique, uh, different kinds of events. Amazon has rented out the Hollywood Athletic Club for a whole week, and uh, they're even doing a uh, a four-year consideration event to talk about their four-year consideration events. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to be moderating their their uh, Patriot. Uh, might have I will, might have moderated already moderated, being that time and space might have already had this uh, yes, up after that. And I'm doing their catastrophe. For I them. mean, you know, it's it's amazing, and like you said. It's not just the billboards. It's not old school. I mean, and there are a lot right. of billboards. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I always make the joke of like, what Fox executive drives home on this on this road every day? But I will say also, there is not. There's the there's the magazines. There's the the, the mailouts. There's the you know it, some of it. I mean, and I don't mean to sound like I'm not thankful, but it's a lot. I mean, you and I both get a lot of crap in the mail too. Yes. Honestly, I have to say, anyone who's out there campaigning, I'm going to tell you the, the very simple thing: send us a two pager about what your show's about, who's in it, and and maybe a couple of poll lines, and then send the DVDs. Don't send pens that turn into fireworks and the candies that open up and make my cats <laughs> and dogs cry out in the rain well, and well, love I, each other. I like that stuff, man. Come on, you don't like that stuff? You can't do this in an Oscar campaign. They're not allowed. That gets so boring they have to just send out these plain boxes and the cat god help us if the academy members get something that might influence their vote uh this is like unfettered uh, okay but campaign. why does every t-shirt have to be large every <laughs> shirt has to be large every baseball hat comes from the same company with the yeah. same graphics That's i'm just right. saying FYC events, and you and I are going to be doing a lot of them over these coming months. They are an amazing way, just like our Deadline Contenders Emmys event is, for Academy members to reach out and actually get close and upfront with the stars and creators of of these shows. And there are a lot of contenders this year because, of course, Game of Thrones is is just not on the field. But... The reality is, is you're cluttering and there's it's just like TV itself. There's a white noise scenario that I feel is happening with the campaigning. Yeah. I think people need to be punchier and more poignant. Actually, to be honest, in many ways, I think this year's Emmy campaign might want to take a look at the 2016 presidential campaign where you just made it stark. 
You're mm-hmm. either with her or you're making Netflix great again. And that's it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not sure I could. Uh, I can't take all this in yet, Dominic. This is incredible. Uh, you have so many ideas for campaigning. I hope you have the kind of deep pockets to support that with all these uh, networks. Poor networks are just like overshadowed uh, by uh, everything that we're seeing from the cable uh, and, and places. And can I make one thing? Yeah. The era of the food trucks is over, everyone. Is it? Oh, Do okay. not bring a food truck to our office. I loved all those steaks I got for House of Cards. Yeah. Did the, the <laughs> food trucks on Wilshire, food trucks down in front of the, the Arclight. Enough with the does food trucks. Does it influence anybody? Or That's does, the question. Does it even fill you up? Yeah. Well, I don't know. But I mean, does it influence? I think our Deadline Contenders event, which we've already done here, and that sort of launches everything here and that's uh 140 people showing up you know uh, selling their wares essentially in it front of a packed crowd at the dga i think yeah. that's a really good idea just to toot our own horn because it gives you a little taste of it and it says when i do get that screener oh yeah i know that show they talked about it at contenders and i might look at it that's the key here to get people to look at all of these things because television even beyond the the movie business and the oscars is so vast and you hear during oscar time piles of screeners piling up and nobody can watch all of it so the good stuff rises to the top and that comes about because of campaigns campaigns are necessary but i think they're really out of control with emmys everybody's jumped into it in every which way and then of course there's places like deadline and other uh, trades and industry things that are feeding off of this as well and doing our own events and our own look, uh, look, screening. It, it, it's a smorgasbord. I totally agree with you. And I think we're totally in sync for a rare occasion on this. Everybody needs to scale it back. But yeah. I, I think they need to scale it back because they need to be, it, it's like good minimalist design. It's not just you want less, you want better. You yeah. want smarter. And what I'm finding is, is as, as you said, like there's so much TV, there's so much stuff happening that getting the screeners or these links which is a whole other issue that we'll need to talk about some other <laughs> yeah, days well, because yeah. i'm not quite sure how many people know how to do that and that's yeah. i think that's kneecapping a lot I of just shows learned. i uh, just learned you know exactly and you're <laughs> a pro so i feel like but you know family secret but yeah, he yeah. does just learn but I, I feel like there needs to be a way in which this is done in which well to be honest i have to say i gotta give amazon some props because what they did is they said look we have a location we have a time period of a certain amount of days, just over a week, and this is where we are bringing our best and our brightest. Right. And this is how you can you can find out about it. That, I feel, is a containable thing, like the contenders. And you get actual time. Yeah, it's an hour here, 10 minutes there, but you actually hear the cast and creators talking about their shows. There's a degree of interaction. Yeah. That, I think, is where you find a higher quality of Emmy voter and a higher quality of Emmy campaigning. Well, they're really, you know, turning out the stars and the film and the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, creative people behind the scenes and everything at all of these FYC events. You know, what was interesting to me at our contenders event, I noticed afterwards, they were literally fighting to get these bags full of uh, tchotchkes, like insecure hats and uh, T-shirts and a leftovers uh, carton for your refrigerator. Actually, and- I have to say that leftovers left. <laughs> Leftovers kit is might, <laughs> might need to be the dumbest piece of swag ever or the most totally multi-use oh i thought it was one. brilliant because every time or you go for a piece of uh, bologna or something you have to open up the leftovers and you're reminded of the show i think those things but what struck me was the intensity which which people were going to get these bags this free stuff and I don't know, I, I think that's what we need to dial back, that mentality, uh, which the Motion Picture Academy has tried to do. But, you know, you hand somebody something, 
they're going to go for it. Swag and, is yeah. always king in America. It is. And that's part of Emmy campaigning. But but a big part of it is breaking through the clutter. How do you do it if you are like CBS or ABC or whatever, and you want to get into this game too? How do you do it? Well, yeah. And, I, you know, the, the, the big four, obviously adding, adding ABC and Fox as well, the big four have had what I would term an Emmy problem, especially when they come to dramas, right? Yeah. So they need to find a way in which they can reclaim, for lack of a better expression, the higher ground, right? Comedy is, well, look, I mean, if Julia's in the race, you might just might want to step the veep back. But I still think that there is there is room there. But in drama, I think there's some real openings. And I, and I want to talk about this later on, because yeah. looking at this year with the, with the absence of Game of Thrones, I think we're going to see a real mix up this year. But before we get to that, as they love to say in, in TV land of old, a word from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by the critically acclaimed drama Queen Sugar from Oscar-nominated filmmaker Ava DuVernay, executive producer Oprah Winfrey, and Warner Horizon scripted television for OWN. Variety calls Queen Sugar visually stunning. Ebony raves it's one of the best shows on TV. And USA Today says it's a well-acted, moving family drama. For your Emmy consideration in all categories. Going into Emmy season, one of the things we're seeing is new shows and shows that have taken on even more appeal. At our Deadline Emmys Contenders event recently, we had a ton of them up on stage. 50 shows, 25 networks. But two very, very interesting ones that I think we want to highlight here. One, Stars American Gods, which debuts on April 30th and obviously is based on Neil Gaiman's much acclaimed novel. And Amazon Sneaky Pete which has, and people go crazy for him, and he jumped on stage with an almost breaking bad reunion when we were doing the Better Call Saul pal, Mr. Brian Cranston. Here's a clip where I'm talking to the cast about what attracted them to American Gods and the dilemma and the excitement of taking on Neil Gaiman's work. The book is a groundbreaking, award-winning masterpiece by Neil Gaiman, who, who, was, who contributed greatly and is involved deeply with the show. But I wanted to get a sense from you guys with your own impressive resumes and all the themes here, what attracted, and in fact, Ian and Ricky, I want to know if you guys as well, besides a great role, what attracted you to this project? I think first and foremost, it was a wonderful platform to talk about faith and belief and where we put our energies in this country. And all of those themes were really exciting. And then you look at the fantastic characters gods and mortals and it is a vast toy box that continues to be able to be unpacked and, and michael of course you've got this amazing i mean you've got these two guys who are fantastic but you've also got an amazing cast we saw some of them here I mean, crispin glover Gillian anderson i mean just yeah I, I, many people resonated with the themes with the opportunities to talk about these subjects for the visuals and there were a lot of people who were just fans of the book orlando jones came to us a, you know, out of the box saying, I want this. If you, there's a lot of people who share your experience of having four or five copies because they're books you lend and never get back. Or in my case, unfortunately, lose. But yeah. <laughs> Ian, I don't think it's giving too much away from what we've seen and what people have heard. You play kind of a big deal guy. We'll call him Mr. Wednesday. Call him now. Odin. Yeah. <laughs> The All Father, God of Gods. Uh, no, I'm, I didn't know the book, but when, and I'd worked with Michael before. We did a, a, a rather interesting, ill fated project. Well, only because NBC thought it was ill fated, but there you go. That was called Kings. And um, 
Yeah, thank you. No, <laughs> but uh, when, they, when, he, when Michael and Brian offered me this, and I didn't know the book, and I read it, and I thought, what a great blueprint foundation for these two to take off and do their magic on it, and what a great part to play. And then when I met Ricky, and we're from the same town, which I think gives us a, from the same country, same town, same football you team. You support the same football team? Absolutely. All right, Manchester United cool. fans in the house? <laughs> yes. We were both up at 5.30 this morning, watch us, watch him win. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's beside the point, but I think it added a little. So, I mean, he's got the most difficult part, I think, because uh, Shadow Moon is the sort of, the audience sees this through his eyes. So it's not a proactive character, but we found a way of sort of making a buddy road movie, which it is in a sense for the first three episodes. Very much so, very, very much, much so. so. And then you find out reveal upon reveal upon reveal, because the, the problem talking about this show is that it's, you've got to see it because it's revealed. Nothing is as it seems ever. And you know, every show says, oh, it's groundbreaking. You know, we're, we're pushing the envelope. Game changer. But I think we're game changer, but I think this might be. I mean, because you've got animation, you've got, um, We've got the prologues, which I love, the coming to America, you know, and the, the relevance of the political climate today. But it's not a political show, it just happens that we made it and things happened in this country, you know, uh, which is another subject entirely. But um, anyway, it's a great show to do and we had a great time doing it. As well as American Gods, one of the over two dozen panels that we had at this year's Deadline Contenders Emmys event was Sneaky Pete. And our own Sneaky Pete Hammond talked to Mr. Brian Cranston about the origin of the series and ideas and how some of what Brian was looking at going into Sneaky Pete. I was actually called Sneaky Pete by my family. This is where it came from. Um, very fortunate in, in the Breaking Bad years. I, I was uh, on the, the dais of winning a, a, an Emmy and I, and I wanted to just express to all those people out there who have, may have lost their way or never quite found their way, that I was a sneaky Pete. I was a guy who was circumventing responsibility and I, I was looking for the shortcut and, and it was okay because I was a teenager and I was from a fractured family. Uh, deserted father, alcoholic mother, and it was like, how does one navigate through that? And it's okay, but if you never change, then you're in trouble. And so I w wanted to convey that, like I, I found acting, I fell in love, and I realized no more shortcuts, it's all about the work and pour it in and, and, and devote yourself to it. So if any of you uh, lost track of that thing that brought you joy or you never found it, look for it and, and I think you can you know, have a, an enjoyable and fruitful life. That was, I don't know extemporaneous and was the, the message I was trying to convey. In your speech. Or in the speech, speech, in the speech. And so I, I said, thank you, and I left the stage. And the next day, um, Zach Van Amberg from Sony called me and congratulated me on the Emmy, and he said, I think there's a series there. And I said, what? He said, Sneaky Pete. And I said, what's the series? And he goes, oh, I have no idea. And I said, but he did leave me with this little gem, and he said, you were a teenager. It's forgivable. Uh, to work through a troubled childhood. But what if you never changed? What if you became an adult and were now in your 30s, say? What would you be if you're a sneaky Pete? And I thought, I, I think he'd be a con man. I think he'd be a criminal. And so that was the genesis of this whole story, came out of that. It's like, I have, it, it blows my mind, you know, like, 
I was from a speech. You're you know? probably the first person in history that got a series out of an Emmy speech. Yes. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> That's how easy it is. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by the critically acclaimed drama Queen Sugar from Oscar-nominated filmmaker Ava DuVernay, executive producer Oprah Winfrey, and Warner Horizon scripted television for OWN. Variety calls Queen Sugar visually stunning. Ebony raves it's one of the best shows on TV. And USA Today says it's a well-acted, moving family drama. For your Emmy consideration in all categories. Looking forward to this year's Emmys, it's going to be a strange landscape. Because, well, let's be honest. The big winner for the past two years has exited the field. Game of Thrones will not be a contender in this year's Emmy race because their season is starting later this year. So what are the indications for some repeat winners? What are the openings for some new winners? And really, who are the contenders this early in the race? Mr. Pete Hamm. Uh, well, you know, I mean, as with Emmys, uh, you're talking just the same thing with Oscars. Who won last year? And you already said Game of Thrones won the last two years in a row. After not winning, quite frankly, for the first few years, that was sort of unusual that it came up and uh, started winning later in its run. Uh, the Academy finally caught up to it. I think there was resistance oh, to that Oh, there was show. genre bias. Yeah. Absolutely. Genre, genre bias. bias. And it took a while for it to do it. And it hung in there, and then it became this juggernaut. And as you say, uh, because of the nature of their shooting schedule and everything, they're not eligible this year. And that's happened before with shows like Breaking Bad, uh, where they take a year off, and it gives somebody else Never a Never hurt chance. them. Never no, hurt them. No, it doesn't hurt them. And you can come by back and... Uh, this may hurt Game of Thrones momentum because it's allowing some new stuff to come in. I mean, the new show that you mentioned, uh, American Gods, earlier, that sounds like that's got a kind of thing that might overtake a Game of Thrones. And then, of course, you have the Golden Globes, the crown, which, yes. you know, Netflix are going to put a lot of firepower behind. Already some, a winner at SAG, uh, the Golden Globes. I mean, these things have already proven that they can win these prizes. You know, now last year I'm looking at uh, Game of Thrones won the drama series, but I'm looking at what the nominees were. The Americans, it took that two or three years to break through and One get One of the in best shows race. on television, absolutely blacklisted. Should be back yeah. in again this year. It's caught on in yeah. In, in the voters' minds. So let's put that one in here. Better Call Saul, just getting better and better and better. That will be back for sure. They love those guys. Uh, Downton Abbey's gone this Not year. Not happening. Being replaced by The Crown, another yeah. British... You always have to have your white flannel suit, <laughs> though, right? You have to Got have it. Got to have the Brits. And the TV Academy members are just suckers for that kind of stuff. Absolutely going to be in there. Homeland? You know, Homeland is going into, this is not its penultimate season that just wrapped up, but it's it's, it's second to last season. This, ep, this season of Homeland really, really captured a lot of the zeitgeist, you know? Now, yes, there was a female president-elect, but she was at war with her own intelligence service. And, you know, in a recent interview I did with, with uh, showrunner Alex Gannis, he talked about they were literally, after the election, rewriting early episodes and yeah. getting things together. I heard him tell me that they had their finale. He was doing the sound editing for that three days before the actual show was airing. So oh, wow. they were trying to keep in real time with the politics of America 2017. I think Homeland, which has been a past winner for Claire Danes and others, Homeland has a real chance. And here's the interesting thing about yeah. Homeland is, you know, no spoilers, but there was a big <laughs> death this season. Yeah. And that actor, Rupert Friend, they've moved him from a best supporting actor. They're talking about putting him up for a best actor role. Sure. So I think you're going to see a bit of changes happening there. Homeland is back. 
You know, yeah. I felt there were a few shaky seasons. I and I'm a big fan of that show. Yeah. I thought there were a few shaky seasons. And I think there were some narrative issues, but they are really on top form this year. And I think that they are going to be playing a strong role. I think between the Americans and Homeland, just to name two, yeah. the Crown is in a whole other league. But you're but spying spy thrillers that's back now that's feeling it that's back and you know so what we've had house of cards every year too that was nominated again i think that one's uh, running out of steam I, it's hard to tell you know i mean there is i mean we can talk about it now we'll talk about it later i know but you know you mentioned veep earlier like right now there are a lot of presidents and past presidents yeah. on television right? right from scandal from veep from house of cars from designated survivor with keith or sutherland many men and I'm, I'm that's the tip of the potus iceberg but i think that we're going to see with some of these shows and homeland has escaped it but you know it, it's very t you run a risk man and some of these shows like house of cars their production schedule they're filming their post they're long since done right the reality of trump america is that's the best reality show around <laughs> and and that's yeah. on hyper the jump to hyperspeed yeah. and every you have day. Net netflix pushing the crown this year too yeah, so, so they, it's they're very not hard. worried about just having house of cards in this frank particular underwood race. does not seem so underhanded compared to some real no, residents of 1600 Pennsylvania show, Avenue. That show needs... And then the other nominee last year, and they had several nominees, uh, seven nominees, Mr. Robot. is one season wonder, right? One I, season, I, not I, coming I, back for, Mr. for this Robot, year. Mr. Robot, somebody I felt pulled the plug. And now it's still on, and it's still got a great no, following. No heat, no none, buzz. None. None. And you know what? And here's the problem, too. Season two was, in my opinion, and look, yeah. I was not a fan of season one, and thank you very much, very much for yeah. the hate mail and hate tweets I got for that. Yeah. But... I actually thought season two was great, greatly improved. Mm -hmm. And Christian Slater has proven a winner for them, yeah. you know? But I just don't feel that this is not their year. I and, you know, I look, and then there's other shows that I kind of feel like are the outliners, right? Which yeah. is like, you know, you talked about American Gods, which is a great, great show. Right. You know, is I would say simply divine, as my yeah. reviews say. Right. But I would also say, look at, look at Netflix's Luke Cage. You know, this is no, a, not going to happen. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. <laughs> but they're nominated for a yeah. Peabody. And yeah. there's a certain so amount what? of prestige. That's a small committee. No, I understand that. But yeah. what I'm saying is, is, is as we go forward throughout the summer, I think that yeah. you're going to see you're going to see certain shows bubble up for reasons that we can't even fathom right now because of the absence of a designated winner. this Well, year. I think what you're going to see and the big news in the drama series race is going to be the return of the traditional network show. It looks like this, this is, is us. <laughs> and uh, this is us is the one to look for for multiple nominations across the board. And if it doesn't get it, I think the networks are just going to throw their hands up in the air and say the Emmys aren't for us anymore. Now, do you, honestly, now let's talk about that for a second. Because and they're I mean, the ones that run this show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this is over several years, cable has owned drama. Yeah. I mean, CBS's The Good Wife had a role, but just never, never had. But the, it got in there. It played but it the never TKO'd anyone. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, now you're seeing, as you said, these, these, you know, the Emmys is shown on the big four. You've got cable. You've got streaming. Look, we talked about it earlier. Sneaky Pete. Yeah. Never count Brian Cranston out of anything. Oh no, right? I, I would say. I actually that, think if you look at the if yeah. you look at the Emmys the last decade, yeah. except for that one year where Breaking Bad didn't uh, didn't compete because of their schedule, yeah. has he actually never not been nominated? No, or I know. And like last I year, all the way. Like I talked about in the in the uh, segment that we just ran before on Sneaky Pete, you know that idea came out of an Emmy 
award speech by Brian Cranston. It is such a natural to take it forward and get into this drama series uh, race. And I think it very well could. And I, I, I do say, look for This Is Us. So when you say all these new things are going to break in, there's not a whole lot of room for that to happen, even without Game of Thrones. This is going to be a very competitive uh, race going forward. And the one to look for, I think, is the crown. Listen, I think that you, I think the crown definitely has, well, let's put it this way. There's a lot of jewels there that a lot of people are going to play to. And it hits a lot of the right elements, you know? And you've got in it with, with, with Peter Morgan, who wrote it and is the creator of it. You've got his, his Oscar wins from The Queen with Helen Mirren and others. There's a lot of love there. And, and American TV Academy viewers love a good Brit pick they or do. a good Brit series. Yep. So to that, I also think you might see, and I know you might not agree with me. I think PBS masterpiece PBS's Victoria mm-hmm. could be Absolutely. could be one that comes in from the side yeah. and actually grabs the crown from the current monarch to yeah. itself. And I think that the Academy might want to uh, help PBS by giving them that kind of attention since they are under fire from the Trump administration right now. Exactly. So I mean, I think Emmy politics, Emmy campaigning. This is going to be, I think, I think it's going to be an award season unlike any other. And of course, we've got all sorts of other things looming in Hollywood, from tax credits to labor actions to all the things that we're going to see happening over the summer. And the the reality is we live in an era and have for several years now where this is an all-year campaign. It's an all-year TV season. Absolutely. So we'll be watching as we go on week by week on this podcast. So thanks for listening to the Deadline Podcast Talk TV Talk. I got it wrong, but I'm trying to stick around. (laughs) Now you can find me on Twitter at Deadline Dominic. And you can find me on Twitter at Deadline Pete. And of course, you can find all of our Emmy-breaking news coverage at Deadline.com, as well as Pete's movie reviews and my TV reviews. Today's show is produced and edited by David Jano. So David, thank you for helping us out. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for joining us. Goodbye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.